Hey, what is up, you guys? This is Kylan King, and I'm going to need you to do me a, a big favor. You ready? Go check out the Three Count Podcast. They have awesome guests on all the time, including myself. Go check it out. Boys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your boy, your nephew, your cousin, it's the Don, Chaz Evans, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast Debate Show. And let's, let me introduce my tag team partner, the guy who's going at it in the ring with me right now, going to debate out with me. He is the Red Dog of Red Dogs. He's actually the man that runs the show because, quite frankly, I don't do anything. All right? So he's the landlord of the Dog Pound. He is the Red Dog, Cliff Miller. <laughs> hey, yo, it is the Air Force veteran intel specialist. The one you call on when you need to get the job done. The championship chit-chat in your friendly neighborhood Red Dog. And, uh, yeah, Hi. Oh, man. So we are back with another wonderful, wonderful episode of the Bait Show. So let's get right down to it. All right. We got some announcements for you guys. If you have not already done so, make sure you uh, follow us right here. All right. On uh, Twitter, all the way over there. Twitter at 3Count underscore pod. Uh, Instagram, 3Count pod. And our TikTok, 3Count pod. Like us on Facebook at the 3Count podcast. And also make sure you subscribe. All right. To our YouTube channel. All right. Three Count Podcast, hit that bell button so you get a notification every time we upload a video. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast uh, for our audio version on all major podcasting platforms. And if, if there's a platform that has podcasting, we're on there, whether it's Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're everywhere. So you have no excuse to uh, not check out the Three Count Podcast. So make sure you uh, do all those things. Also, make sure you buy a shirt. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy, buy a shirt. <laughs> buy a shirt. All right, Cliff. Uh, before we get started on our first topic, uh, tell them what's going on with now entering the ring. Yeah, so yeah. now entering the ring, we definitely have uh, some great stuff coming up. We definitely have uh, Muggsy James coming in, and then we have Damian Saint. They're going to be involved with us. Uh, so we're going to have them on now entering the ring. So if you guys do, check it out Tuesday and Thursday, and you guys can definitely peeps. Alrighty, let's get right down to it. Let's go. Temp check. All right. Going into this week, who is the hottest wrestler or your coldest wrestler? All right, who you got, Cliff? Uh, all right, so I want to go with last week, right? So hottest wrestler from last week. Um, I think we're just going to lean towards CM Punk. And a lot of people are going to be like, what? Like, uh. But that match with Penta was like fire, man. Like, I just can't, can't knock it. Uh... Moving into this week, though, I had already kind of, like, put Riddle in that category, right, until last night. Um, I'm just going to be honest. So, last night, after I got home, watching Josh Alexander's match with Moose, like, that's my dude. (laughs) That's the dude. Uh, Josh Alexander, by far. Uh, but the other part, though, and I do want to throw this out, right? Right. If you guys haven't checked it out, I'm gonna put up the indie guy that you should be checking out, Miles Millennium. Like 
Maybe I am happy to be wearing the one CW uh, body slam autism shirt, which by the way, thank you guys for having me out again last night. It was awesome. Uh, Miles Millennium though, new one CW champion. It was chef's kiss to that. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. My hottest wrestler going into this week. You ready for this one? You ready? You ready? My tribal chief, your tribal chief, the man that sits at the head of the table. He is your reigning, defending, heavyweight, undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, my tribal chief, Roman Reigns. <laughs> Just, bruh. You got a coldest wrestler? My coldest wrestler? I do have a coldest wrestler. My coldest wrestler of the week, Sean Spears. <laughs> Sean Spears, by far, still, my coldest wrestler going into the week. And it's funny. Uh, I think it's been a year. I think it was either today or yesterday of the uh, the chair shot to Cody. Oh, yeah. Like, not like, not like was it two years or something like that? Whatever it was. But, yeah. And I was like, wow. I thought I was like, that's the, probably the hottest he's ever been. <laughs> since then, it ain't been. <laughs> Are you drunk? I'm going to jump in front of the truck after hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, so. Before we actually jump into the debate topic, I do want to talk about something, right? And I, I just it clicked, like as as the intro was going through, it clicked. Uh, April twenty second, right? So two days ago, was our two year anniversary for now entering the ring. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it's a to think like it's a long time that we've been doing that show, and yeah. it started because of like COVID. And we just wanted to kind of find a way to like get better at like wrestling without like having to train. So we were just like taking mental reps. And I was thinking back about some of like my favorite episodes. And I was just very curious. I wanted to ask you first, like out of all the episodes that we've had, which, which, then you don't have to say like which one, right? But which ones like have you like had the biggest, had the biggest impact on you? Mm, Okay. Jeez, man. Way to put me on the spot, because yeah. yeah, there are so many, and I, 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 I'm not afraid of being on air. I have not listened to every episode. Like sometimes some, some get by me, but for the most part, I, I try to keep up. Because like, like you said, it's, you know, it, it helps. You know, it really is a wrestlers podcast. You know, trying, you know, for wrestlers. <laughs> it's an interview show for wrestlers about wrestlers. So. Shane, I think when, uh, Shane Taylor was definitely one of them. O'Shea Edwards, recently, I think, um, being a huge, you know, O'Shea guy that I am, um, definitely listening to his was a good one. But uh, another one, like like a like a real old one, I would have to say, was uh, Shaw Guerrero. Um, I was just that was that was like our first real, you know, name. I want to say, yeah, yeah. So I think having her on was something was, was one, also one of my favorites. And I think when Pure Ignorance was on, it, it was also another one. Um, that was one I liked too. Uh, the one that I was on that got redacted for my birthday. <laughs> that it one got put back out. Oh well, yeah, you did put it back out. Don't go look that video up, guys. Um, <laughs> don't look it up. 
Because please don't. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think those have got to be my favorite ones. Like, especially the O'Shea one. Um, Shaw Guerrero. Uh, Dole Day was a good yeah. one. And oh, of course, uh, even though I talk so much trash and, and shit about him on Twitter, but um, Waves and Curls. Oh, yeah, both of them on were really, it was really yeah. fun. Um, especially yeah. Tra- Trayvon. Um, gosh, I love the OGs, prolific, of course. Um, yeah, man, it's just now I'm just starting to name everybody. It's like not the throne that they were on. <laughs> See, and for me, like, I had to, I, I go back and listen to like a bunch of the episodes like all the time, right? So mm-hmm. obviously, like Shane Taylor, O'Shea Edwards, Moses, and Khan, like the guys from STP. I love going back and listening to their stuff. Like, so there's like six episodes right there. Prolific. Like, that's a two-hour endurance episode. So if you do listen to that, not only do you get the achievement for making it through the episode, you get a double achievement. For doing- <laughs> that's, 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 that's a gold. See that one? That's a gold trophy. That's a, yeah. That's, like, a, that's, a, plat- that's a platinum trophy. The platinum, <laughs> platinum trophy. <laughs> uh, no, I love that. No, is, is when you get all the trophies. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's not platinum. We gotta make. There's gotta be something in between platinum and gold for trophies. We'll figure that out. <laughs> I think another one that I like, which is kind of like underrated, right, was the one with Adrian Sanders, uh, Prince Shango. Oh yes, uh, yes. I love that. Prince Shango, yes. Because he's just he's just so like he's so very much down to earth, and it's just mm-hmm. so much fun getting to talk with him. Uh, TJP was definitely another oh. one that I enjoyed listening right. to because he he was like that was our fiftieth episode, and it was it such was, a big yes. thing for us. Uh, and then from there, it's funny because, like, you'll notice, like, one of the questions change, right? Um, and I can tell you the exact episode that it happened, which has a huge influence on me, right? So it's episode 150. It's with uh, Danger, Hawk, uh, Dennis Morgan, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if you listen to episode... I remember that. Uh, okay, I remember that episode. I remember that. <laughs> if, I remember that. You, if you listen to episode 149, I always say, like, hey, so what got you into the business, right? Um he the after I asked that question to him, if you listen to episode 151, the next question is, hey, what brought you into the sport? Because that was something that I never thought about. And then to have him bring that to me and say that to me, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're 100 percent right. Like, this is a sport. Like, yeah, we know it's a business. But when you're in it, you're you're in a sport. You're, you're a pro right. athlete. Right. And so I was like, dang, I was like, that's that's very crazy to think about it that way. So, like, the question changed. And mm-hmm. then I brought it that way. And then uh, the episode with Killian McMurphy, <laughs> like, he's like, I hate it when people call it a sport. I was like, so recently I've been calling it, like, what got you into the business, the sport, the performance, whatever you want to call it. Like, <laughs> just what brought That's you into funny. this. That's funny. <laughs> I, st- I, I haven't, co- I haven't uh, what's called? I'm on back order. <laughs> on, on my- but it, yeah, it's, it's so cool because. Yeah, it's funny. Full transparency for for you guys, like another episode that you guys are going to absolutely love is the one with Trisha Dora, which that comes out May 12th. So I'm just, you know, give you that that heads up of that date. Um, I may may or may not have already heard it because, you know, this is my show. (laughs) But it's it's so cool because like we are starting to expand out. More people are coming on the show and we're getting a lot of advice. Like I can't wait for. You know, there's there's some episodes, some guests. that I don't want to tell you guys who's in the who's in the, the works, but. It, it's been interesting to like listen to everybody's stories and just like how they got involved and then like just the ways that they're like all the lessons that were being taught, right? And I one of my questions I love asking people is like, what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn since being in the business or being in the sport, being in the performance? And it's interesting to hear somebody, everybody else, 
like have a different answer for that one question, right? And it's like some people will tell you, you know, being patient was like the number one thing that they that they're having a hard time learning, or that you know, not everybody. And this is something that like it woke me up, and I, I had to really think about this. Not everybody is on your team, and not everybody yes, on yes. your team is not with you to the end. You. And then because everybody wants to be on your team until you start doing better than them or you're doing more things than them. And then they don't want to be a part of your team anymore. And I was like, dang, I was like, that is not a lesson that I was ready to hear. But I'm glad I heard it because I was like, yes, I was like, like, that's that's such a great, great thing to hear. And I was like, now I'm like, you know, and something else somebody else says is that, you know, there's always snakes in the grass, you know, and he's like. Some people would be like, I've been bit more than I've actually killed, but they're always there. And I just think about it, I'm like, damn, dude, like that is a crazy thing to think about. And I, 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 I'm so grateful for like, like all the lessons that I've been able to take on and like looking through my notebook and just seeing the, the interviews. And I'm like, damn, like I remember this question and I remember that answer and I remember this answer and just like taking it all. It's, it's been an awesome, awesome ride. No, nah, man, like, you, you definitely, uh, you have put on, like, <laughs> hi, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know what? How does, does Corny do interviews? I don't know. I mean, I've never, I haven't not asked, so the answer to us right, right now I is no. We, you know, now that you put it up, I'm, I'm, I'm just intrigued on what you would ask, you know? Yeah, especially to, you know to pick his brain of the business and see what. Oh wow! That anyway. Sorry, I'm. Yeah, go ahead. Do you have a bucket list? Yeah. Uh, do you have a bucket list interview? I have a yeah. Um, so I talk about it a lot in the interview show. That the pinnacle for me, like the top three interviews I want to get, is uh, Sting, Rey Mysterio, and uh, Chris Jericho. Like I have not shied away from that. Like that's always going to be there. But it's been also crazy because since then, right of just like finding those guys, like somebody else that I would love to have on the show and maybe popping on, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but Danhausen is another person that I would love to have on the show because Danhausen's character in itself is just an embodiment of like the things that like I would love to be able to do, just kind of like free up and be open. Um, another person that I would love to get on the show would be as much as I talk about him being mid, Cody, <laughs> Cody Rhodes <laughs> would be a person. I would love to pick his brain. Dustin Rhodes, Randy Orton is another name. Uh, John yeah. Cena, of course, The Rock, let's be honest. Steve Austin, you know, Stone Cold. Uh, but if I wasn't talking about those big, big names, right? Because those are obviously massive names, right? Uh, Faye Jackson, Darius Lockhart, Kid Bandit. Uh, who else can I think of right off the top of my dome? Um, I would love to be able to talk more with, jeez, uh, there's like so many names flooding in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like trying to Hoodfoot. get them all. Enzo, Big Kaz is another one. That talk to Hoodfoot. Talk to. Hoodfoot is another person. Bill Dixon is another name I want to talk with. Yes. Right? This, uh, yeah, so I mean, I could just keep rattling off like all the number of names. Big Swole is another one because I know she's still out running around. Eva Lease is another one. I'm just Thunder Rosa is another name that I want to get on. Dr. Britt Baker, Adam Cole, like the names could keep flooding on. Uh, I would love to get Ali Catch as well as Effie on because they're just like tearing up the scene behind uh, the Briscoes. Like 
yeah. So there is a list of names that I would love to get on the show. <laughs> Wow, it would be awesome. Their experience, their knowledge of the sport. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, I hate Dan Housen. I love Dan Housen. You love Dan Housen. Oh, you'll be cussed. <laughs> so funny story about Dan Housen. I, I've been doing that to the little to the little kids at my job. I just go, eh! And they'll run up like the little kindergartners. And they think it's the most funniest thing ever. And they run away. And they go, it's not working. I'm like, I just pretend like how we, I did the whole scene with Hook. Like, yeah. Usually something bad happens. And they go and they just laugh. <laughs> I love Van Housen. I love Van um, Housen. <laughs> it's 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 entertaining. But all right, let's get right down here uh, to business. Let's get to the debate show. This is what you came to see. If you want to listen to the interview show, go check that out. All right, we got a like I said, a whole bunch of interviews. Okay, go check one of them out. Uh, here we go. First debate topic, uh, those of you who have not heard Tony Khan's big announcement that he does every other week, but he's got another big announcement, and that was the crossover show, Forbidden Door, between New Japan Pro Wrestling. Woo! <laughs> um, it's, it's finally happened. There's a joint show. Uh, it was, I think it was, what, June 26, I think it was the date, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, so uh, how should they go about that? That's, what we're gonna, that's how we should... Uh, that's not a big topic. How should the AEW New Japan um, crossover show go? Uh, I'll give you. We'll let you go first, Cliff. Uh, I don't know. I love the fact that it's in Chicago. So for it me, it has to be in Chicago. If it's not in New York, it has to be in Chicago. Yeah. I. And, or it has and to the, be I mean, it could be. In, it could be in Dallas, right? Like I guess. Like you go back. I mean, to yeah. But but yeah, Chicago I, makes I sense. Think, going back to the, you know going back. Going to Dallas after WWE, though I think, you know Tony. Tony's trying, you know, he's trying to stay away from that. But yeah. yeah. Um. So I think for me, uh, I don't know. I you got to get the dream matches that like the fans are like really like urging for, right? Uh, I know I saw one with uh, CM Punk versus Kenta, and I was like, I need that match because mm-hmm. it would be the battles to go to sleeps, and I would like, who would hit it, like who would hit it first? Like that, that's the, yeah. that's the story you tell. That's the story you're telling them. I know that. I know that's how they would do it, and I'm just like, bro, that'd be dope to see. Yeah. So um, another one that I think that it's just another matchup that I would love to see would be like, uh, yeah, I know like they're talking about the the elite, right? Right. Um, but personally, I want to see Adam Cole versus Jay White. Like, I think that that would be a match that people need to see. They would love to see. You know, um, from there. It's just kind of like a who's who's list of where you want to go. You know, obviously we got to see Suzuki versus uh, you know Samoa Joe, right? And we've already seen him with uh, with uh, Moxley, right? And I think mm-hmm. another match that I really want to see, and he kind of called for it, and now I really need it: uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Brian Danielson. So I that's think probably, you need a yeah, yeah. That's probably the match. That's I think you just need you just need to give the fans what they want and where they want to what they want to see. So I think that's definitely like tops for me. I want Okada. <laughs> I don't. But who do you put? Who do you put Okada against? I don't care. I mean, I just want Okada. Like you can give me Okada versus Punk. 
and I think that will slap harder than a $2 steak. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can give me Okada, right? And Jungle Boy. My God. That that are so... (laughs) Exactly. Listen, as soon as they announced it, I was... I was... Because I'm... My obsession with Okada. I love Okada. I think Okada's my favorite New Japan guy. It's just... I love Okada. If it's Okada, I'm watching it. (laughs) I just... I think... A list. You have to... I think you put Okada... You have to put your big names on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get... Yeah, you have to have Jay White. Tanahashi. Like, you know... What about Naito? Ibushi? Like, who who does Ibushi wrestle? Do, is Kenny does Kenny come back for that? Do we get Kenny versus Ibushi? No, Kenny he, just came up. So a lot of people keep putting Kenny's name out there, but I think a lot of people forgot that Kenny Omega just had knee surgery. Like he is done till twenty twenty three. Like that's oh, really? the rumor. The rumor date. Maybe he comes back healthy and like suddenly he's like that dude. But yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know he had knee surgery. Yeah, so he's at like he had the shoulder thing, he had his back thing, and then he had I remember the, the shoulder surgery. thing. I remember yeah. the shoulder. I know he's like a lot of work done. <laughs> I don't blame him. I mean, I know he what's called he's in nonstop. So but I, yeah. So. Yeah, there's just like a lot of cool matchups that you can have. But I really think like Tony <laughs> needs to like really play this out, like s- like slowly get this in, because like obviously it was at June twenty fourth. I think that's the date this then. So there's just a lot of stuff that can happen on that show. That you can do, and then you can premiere younger talent, like and show them off, right? Like mm-hmm. to the fans, like who who's showing up? You know, I think I, I'm telling you right now, like I would love to see Darby Allen and uh, Will Ospreay. Like, wow. who's gonna do? Who's gonna do crazier things, right? But to be fair, I would also like to see Will Ospreay versus Adam Cole. Like, Cole. I just think that would be fun. <laughs> So, you know, because Adam is such a great base for anybody, and then he can, you know, they, everybody can work around him. I would love to see Gorillas of Destiny versus Kyle O'Reilly and, uh, and well, with Red Dragon, right? Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Like, I want to see Red Dragon versus Gorillas of Destiny. Like, that would be <laughs> so much fun. No, I, I, I want Okada. I just give me Okada versus anybody. You can give me Okada versus everybody, like, in that AEW crossover show. Like, Listen, I'll, I'll I'll put over negative one. Clean. <laughs> what a roll up. <laughs> Our friend Big Ben, Big Ben, <laughs> Big Joe Ben Bishop just had a match with 10 and negative one. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> ben did. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just think it's what you do. You go with the dream matches. That's 20. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with, yeah, you just you go with the dream matches. Uh, I know they're doing you know the, uh, the Owen tournament uh, as well uh, as, as a part of that show. So um, who knows? Who, who's not to say that uh, what's called somebody from New Japan is in that finals? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if we get those some of those matches in that tournament as well? Right. So yeah, I, I'm all for it. I think it's dope, but give me Okada. I definitely want to see Okada and Tanahashi in those matches. Like I just no, think I, 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 I need I need to see that. Oh, because that's but a you bad see, okay, man, that's a bad man. And, and, <laughs> and this is my problem 
like this is my problem right and so hear me out when i say this right so yeah you could have like okada versus like let's say hangman page right but there's not another person on that roster currently that i think that you could be like yo tanahashi and abushi will take on this dude and that dude right right like that's the problem like we could be like well of course zach saber jr versus uh, Brian Danielson, that makes sense because it's a battle of like, you know, the thing was is that uh, I don't know if you saw, but Saber Jr. like on an interview said, well, I've just killed the Japanese dragon. Where's the American dragon at? Like, all right, so you've already teased that match, right? And then from there, like, like Jay White and Adam Cole will do their thing, right? But I just don't think there's another name that you can throw in there with like Tanahashi or Ibushi or, you know I mean? So, yeah, you're gonna say like Hangman versus Okada because you know you can you can you can do that thing, but after that, really, like, can you name me another person that you'd be like, that's the dude I'm gonna put? You're gonna put because MJF was like, don't put me in any of these dream matchups that you guys have, right? Makes sense, but where who else is next? Like, where else do you go? Right. I mean, you're right. I just yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, next I also I happen. also can't say I, I I'm I'm not a dedicated New Japan follower either, so I couldn't right. even tell you that. Um, because like even we get strong because like you know with, with, the strong is strong considered. <laughs> yeah, but see, like you could have already said it, right? Like you've already named off like three dudes, right? So Okada, Obushi, and and Tanahashi, right? Right. But then. Look at the other side, an AEW. Who would you consider the three guys that you would put up there, right? And I'm pretty sure if, no disrespect, if Cody was still around and Kenny wasn't injured, that's your three: Hangman, yes. Cody, and 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 uh, and and Kenny, right? Like those are. I mean, I would also, I would, I would, I would, I would talk. I would put Jericho still up there. I still would put Jericho in that conversation, you know, because Jericho is that, you know. American, you know, went over, you know, I don't say American, but he's not American, but you know what I mean? When he went over there and, you know, was having these bomb matches with, you know, with Kenny, with, with, uh, you know, Tanahashi, like, I just, I would put Jericho in that conversation over a hangman, even though he is the champ. Cause you can easily, you know, cause you can put, you can easily do hangman versus some like, like, Versus anybody like of those those top three in New Japan, and just say that it's a title match, and that's you know it's already it's set because you know with the title, that title has prestige uh, right. in the short time that it you know it's been you know a thing, it has prestige, so it's set. So I think excluding Hangman out of there, I would put Jericho. I would be I'd be Jericho Hunk. And see, and, I kind of think that. You'd also so at this point in time though you would have to include uh, the so obviously you know well and the, let's just say let's, let's just say right because because Cody's gone yeah so and Kenny's and gone. yeah so would, to just put it nicely like Hangman is obviously like the top dude right you could go with Jericho and I think post that you kind of made the good point Moxley and Brian Danielson are gonna have to be the next next dudes that kind of yeah. like step up in those like top four roles absolutely yes yes. But it's just um, it's, and then punk. I think it's punk. I think it's punk. I think you put punk in there because you think about who's getting you know who's getting all this just the stuff. 
who's getting more all the time? Yeah. Yeah. You know. But when you're talking about putting up like those big names against each other, I don't know if like I not that I would knock Punk's work rate, but there is obviously he's been gone for seven years. He's like getting his legs back underneath him. He's not the same kind of punk that he was back in 2013, 2014, right? It's just one of those things where we're looking at, we're looking on the outside and we're just like, damn, dude, like, obviously Danielson, obviously Moxley, obviously we're trying to go with, you know, we could put Jericho's name in there because he's still one of the biggest draws. And then after that, you have Hangman, but there's not, and then Adam Cole, like, clearly, like, that's that's your big five swingers that you have, baby. And then obviously, like, Jay White, but Jay White is probably going to be playing on Team New Japan, right? It's just, I don't know, to me, it's just crazy to see, like, the way that this is all, like, playing off. I'm like, dude, like, there is well, do a they lot. Do a, when you, you just need an idea. Do they do a, a, five, a typical, like, you know, five-on-five five match? I would love to see. I'm not going to front. Like, I wouldn't want to see uh, the, the, <laughs> the Undisputed Elite versus Bullet Club. That's interesting. And I wouldn't mind seeing that either. But I would... Yeah, that's actually that's probably that's probably do it in a stadium stampede. I'm joking. That was a joke. <laughs> I think I think my other my other big problem though is that and you know Richard made a made a good point about like it's kind of like pushing the older stars. But the problem is though is that the younger like this unfortunately is not like I want this to happen right AEW versus AEW cross. New Japan, but I don't want this to happen right now because MJF, uh, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, um, and, and Darby Allen are just not there yet. Like they're on that cusp of just like being LA to that next, next level, but they're just not there yet. And so to me, I'm like, if I'm putting names like Okada up, I'm the first person I'm not thinking of is Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara. Like I'm just not. Right. And I want it to be that way. So, like, if they do this in like two years, right? I'm definitely gonna be like, "Yo, I want, I want Sam Guevara versus Okada. I want Ibushi versus uh, Darby Allen. I want to see uh, Tanahashi versus versus MJF if that's something he ever wants to get involved with, which it is what it is. But it's gonna take time, and unfortunately, and I know, um, you know, Richard's out here throwing out Hook. You know, he's like Hook's not too far away, but Hook is still a long ways away. Like mm-hmm. he's he's tearing it up, right? But he's a, not a name that I would be like, put Hook against Okada. Never. Yeah, no. <laughs> not right now, at least. That's factual. That's factual. All right, we're gonna take. Uh, we're gonna put a pin in this one. We're gonna move on. Let's do a match of. Actually, no, we're not gonna do match of the week yet. Let's go right into the main topic. I like I like the banter we're doing. So our next topic uh, is why do wrestling marks hate big men? Okay, and when I say big men, I mean like your Canes, your Great Khalis, uh, your um, your Wardlow's, um, Big Show, those seven foot guys. Uh, why why do they uh, your 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 big monsters get so much hate? Uh, start with you, Cliff. Hey. I don't know. I'm not a big guy. Like I'm not seven foot tall. Uh, I think the reason why though is just because 
depending on who you are. And I, I don't know if I put Wardlow in that category. I wouldn't put Wardlow in that category. I was just saying, I wasn't because, you know, you're, you're trying to come up with names. Yeah, I was trying to come up with names. But yeah, I wouldn't put Wardlow in that category either. But I think but. guys like like uh, Singh, right, who just debuted in AEW, uh, Big Show, which is weird because at the time, Big Show, when he was in his prime, was doing moonsaults off the top rope, right? Uh, I just think people are this, I don't want to say our generation, this generation, right? But it's something about this era of wrestling fans. They like seeing guys who can move, right? And unfortunately, there's a lot of seven footers out there who cannot move, like someone as like a, a Darby Allen or a Rey Mysterio or like a Juventud Guerrero or Eddie, right? Just throw out just a couple names. They want to see those guys who are flashy, with those Will Ospreys, those Ricochet types. And unfortunately, you know, we're kind of like pulling away from like the bigger guys and we're looking at those like smaller dudes, right? Like Randy Orton is kind of like the exception to that rule because like Randy, you know, he's like, I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'8". Six, six, and yeah. he move he can when he wants to he moves really really fast and yeah. he can he just and obviously like hitting the rko out of nowhere but i think people are more drawn to like guys that they are relatable to versus because wwe and aew are always looking for those those big big name talents right but the fans want to see those guys that are relatable and i think your average person being about six foot six one Right, they want to they want to be able to relate to those stars. I think that's the problem. Mm. We are in. So I gotta go along with the uh, with the uh, same. So you were saying, uh, Cliff, it's just we we in the this era of of the, the you know the uh, the high spots the. You know, Moon Souls, this, you know, Tobe Suicida, the, the real fast paced wrestling, the, the cruiserweight era of the 90s, <laughs> pretty much. That is, you know, that's 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 the style that everyone, you know, that's, that's pretty much wrestling is like based now. Is this, okay, how, let's see, how, where can I get my Moon Salt in there? A couple of spots here, this chain wrestle for the back home. Canadian Destroyer kick out at two. Rare. Pause. Match that's the opening. Um, <laughs> So I think that's the thing. It's we like you said, but we've moved on um, from the the you know the battle of the behemoths. Like not to say that there's not a place for that still in wrestling. I think that's another thing um, because there are times you know where the big man you know like for example Keith Lee. Now Keith Lee is exception to the rule because Keith Lee is the big man. He can move like that. He's hitting. You know what I'm saying? Moonsaults clean like they're like. <laughs> So he he's he, you know he's an exception, but guys like that, you know, they play off that you know David's life story. Still, you know that's still uh, the story in wrestling. That's the easiest story to tell, and it can easily get over. So I, it's I think they get so much hate because it's not it's not 1985 anymore. You know, everyone was yeah. like, if you're not jumping off the top rope. You know, it's like, hey, that's not. It's not wrestling, but you know, honestly, it's not wrestling, but it's not modern wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of people like that whole, um, like, like Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic match, right? Like, we talk about that from TakeOver. Their PWG match was like massive, right? But there is something to be said about those matches where, like, your, your killer cross matches, right? Mm-hmm. Or you want to look at someone like, um, 
like Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels, right? Shawn is a little guy, but little guy, but you know, he's like they they didn't wrestle like a cruiserweight, right? They wrestled like these crazy like strongman matches, you know, Macho Man as well, Macho Man versus Hogan or Macho Man and Steamboat, right? Like those matches are classics and they're great ma- matches to be told, but it's 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 almost like everybody wants to see Will Ospreay versus Ricochet, right? From like New Japan. And they want to talk right. about those that, 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 that famous clip. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, that's what's going to sell. And yeah, there is a place for, for yes, yes. those. There a hundred percent is, but it's just like, you still have like all because like, I'm gonna be honest myself. Like I'm not a flippy dude. Like I can do flips, but I just choose not to. Cause I want everything to be based on ground. Like I want three moves to like get over. Right. Which would be like a suplex and like, you know, I have like that the driver and then a Northern Light suplex that I love to hit. And I just want to sell like those moves because I think the more you the more you sell, right? And this is something that I've also learned from like the podcast the the podcast and stuff, the more you sell, like the more people are gonna get drawn to your matches. And you don't have to, and this was something that Taker said too, right? You don't have to do a six thirty, right? So what are you gonna do next? Like what's the next move? Right, yeah. you want to build these like moves up to mean something, and I think that's the the problem though is that as fans, like we're always like into the flash stuff. We're not into like a like tell me this story about how this person can't use their arm, right? Because it's injured, right? Injured, but like, and I think that's where uh, Charlotte gets a lot of heat, right? Because she doesn't do like she has her backflip that she does on off the off the the buckle, right? But before she was telling these cool matches, and I look back and watch them, they're not bad. She's telling these matches about how she's systematically breaking down somebody's leg. And like the fans aren't rocking with it. And the reason why fans aren't rocking with it is because she's not doing this triple corkscrew moonsault to, you know, to flat hit nothing to only get rolled up. Right. I just, I think that's what it is ultimately for me is just that fans, like, they want to see those big moves, but. You got to know where to put those big moves to get the the draw that you need because not everybody's going to be like, "Hey man, I can do a six, I can do a six thirty, or I can do a four fifty, or I can do a oh five four, right?" Not everybody can do those things, and I think that's what fans are expecting when they see you in a ring. They want to see those things. Now, granted, like something I'll share on to the side, when I saw Trey Miguel <laughs> like slide through the slide do that running slide through the second or the bottom and the, the middle rope out to a Canadian destroyer on Blake. Yeah. Christian. I, I'm not going to front. I was like, I've never seen that before, but now I've seen it. And if somebody else does, I'd be like, mm, but you didn't do it as good as this person. Right. And then I'm, <laughs> that fan. I'm like, Jim, I don't want to be that person though. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't want to be this, this person to do it. <laughs> no, I got you. But yeah. Yeah. No, I think we, 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 we've got, We've gotten well. I see with with that, yeah, because I think that that's that European style is a lot. You know, when you see Walter, um, Walter, Walter. I mean, Walter still can move as well, um, but yeah, I mean, that's that European style is just that technical. You know, we're gonna we're not gonna do too much flippy. We're gonna work this wrist lock and holds whereas you know i think we've gotten to the japanese style of wrestling is the hard hitting um 
pretty much lucha has taken over pretty much wrestling. <laughs> that's yeah. the that's at the forefront. The lucha has taken over at least in the North American side of things. It's so weird that we we say that like as an aspect because like in the European style. It's more technical based kind of wrestling. Yeah. There's some dudes who do there's some dudes who do flips. Like we don't want to well, like, yes, yes. not to say there's not, not to say, yeah. Yeah, there's seven to the rules. Like, yes, yeah, I'm not yeah, absolutely there are. And then you look like, at I'm then you look at like, all Europeans, not not all Europeans. Right. But the majority, like we'll be front, the majority, but, but, right? Yeah. And then if you look in Japan, and the majority of Japan is that strong style, like that I'm gonna hit you, style. I'm gonna hit you hard in safe places, but I'm gonna hit you hard. But even right. that, that those fans, right? Let's talk about like the Japan fans. The Japanese fans, like, well, they're watching the show. They don't like. They're not gonna pop. They'll they'll cheer for like when they see like a big move, like with some that ricochet. But a transition wrestling lock, they pop more for that than they do for flips, right? Because like Correct. when you watch like Okada and Kenny Omega, and they're going back and forth, trading lock after lock, selling each move slowly, but they're getting over. Once they break and they break away and they look at each other, yo, Japanese fans go crazy for it. We're like here in America. We're like, do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> Not fact. Because even in Mexico, even in Mexico, right? If you're looking at the lucha style, like there's still a story being told. It's just everybody's like, I'm so fascinated with the the penta move where he goes from the middle rope to the top rope and does this like 360 spin into like an arm drag. And and while that is cool, that is just a story that's being told in Mexico about how I can. Do- whatever you're doing better and in america we're just like yeah i want to see someone do a shooting star press i'm like it's so weird to think because it was you know it's something i've said like on the podcast before but i stopped caring about the 450 splash when i started doing it i was like oh yeah yeah it's cool but it's like almost everybody i know can hit it and i'm like i don't need to do this now right (laughs) All right. So, uh, but unfortunately, for like on. big men, though, right? To go yeah, back, back to, yeah. For the big man, though, I think people they they don't want to see like that old school kind of style mm-hmm. where it's like the movable object versus the you know the uh, what is force. It? yeah the movable force. So it's it's just crazy to me that I'm like seeing two big guys work right, and and I'm not talking about like Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, but I'm talking about like. Billy Gunn versus like Wardlow, right? Yeah, that style of match is still really fun. Mm-hmm. You just you don't even have to taper your expectations. Just I enjoy also, what you're seeing. I, it's, it also plays into the fact of the attention span of of, of the average person. Yeah, so that I, I also plays. Shinsuke doesn't get over as well because WWE limits him. I don't think that's entirely true. Uh, I just think that his, unfortunately, like, in America, the king of strong style doesn't get over in America like it did in Japan. Like, uh, yeah. he will legit tell you he came to WWE to work that safer style of wrestling because, like, New Japan was beating up his body. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rodney. <laughs> oh, he's talking about with the, with the 630. <laughs> He can't do it. He can't do a 450. <laughs> oh. Ha! Uh, all right. Let's go on. Let's move on to our match of the week. All right. So we all know Cliff's not going to give him give his match of the week because it's, you know, he has red dog power ranking. But he always gives you an honorable mention. But I'm going to give my match first. Okay. That trio match. Okay. On, on Rampage. All right. With Blackpool Combat Club. 
was straight fire. Enough said, nothing else needs to be said. It was fire. You need to go watch it. If you like wrestling, <laughs> you need to go watch that match. I absolutely love that match. And like I was so glad I missed it just so I could wake up Saturday morning to watch it in bed. It made it even better. Like it was it was it was awesome. <laughs> I was refreshed. Uh, and that also plays it. It wasn't after a long night of SmackDown and work. <laughs> so that's probably also I was the first thing I watched was that it was Rampage. <laughs> so let me give you last week's, right? So Easter, right? Uh mm-hmm. my honorable mention would have been uh Deanna Prazo versus Willow Nightingale on Impact. Like if you guys haven't seen a match, go watch it. It was really, really good. Uh this is going to shock you, Chaz, but my honorable mention match was that Blackpool match. The Blackpool Combat Club versus uh, Dante Martin. Uh, who else was in that match really quick? Because uh, I wrote it down as uh, the BCC, which is probably not good. But uh, Blackpool <laughs> Yeah, so that was actually my honorable mention match for this week. So that just tells you like how tough the competition was this week for the last. Well, yeah, because I, I know Impact was last night. Right. And it's not like and Impact hasn't had some fire-ass matches either. That's but. also true. But, like, I mean, I'm. we'll get to our, uh, our <laughs> you next You can't story. wait. You can't yeah, wait to see but, what's in the power rankings because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm curious for that. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. But I can't wait for the next the next topic also. I want to see what you have to say about what that, that goes into that because I have some – I feel strongly about the women's match, but that's me okay. here in the okay. But go ahead. <laughs> Wait. Your, was, oh, oh, that's your honorable mention. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. So our uh, moving on to our last debate topic. Uh, so who has the best women's division? All right. Uh, and we're going by promotion. So Raw, SmackDown, NXT. That is all the WWE. Uh, so, yeah. Who has the best women's division right now? Yo, I if I did not have this argument earlier this week, right? Um, I will tell you this, right? My, I'm gonna say WWE. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go wow. with the E. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. Darn. Hey, <laughs> on any given day any given day, right, it's a coin flip for me. Because you could ask me the same question tomorrow, and I may tell you impact. Mm-hmm. But for me right now, it oh, has to be WWE. See, and I, and I would figure, I just knew you were going to say impact. And I, and I was ready, I was ready to rip a new one into you and say, absolutely not. <laughs> but that's funny that you did that. All day, all day. I've been, I've been, I've been waiting for this topic. That's why I put it last. <laughs> but you picked. But, um, but for the context ahead. of this argument, for the context of this argument, <laughs> I will take impact, and we can go. We can go with it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so why so does you- impact have? Okay, so why does impact have the best roster? Right, I think when it comes to impact wrestling, uh, especially in that knockouts division, every woman in there is 
capable of being the next champion, and every woman is built up very well, right? So you're looking at people like Deanna Prazo, you're looking at Tasha Steeles, you're looking at Inspiration, you're looking at Decay, right? And we're not even talking about, like, that's, like, in part of their tag division, right, with Inspiration, uh, and you're talking uh, with uh, Tennille, right, and Mass and Rain, they also being in that argument, too, and they can ha- they can go by themselves, right? But then we're not even talking about the women who are just, like, right on the cusp of everything else, right? So, you know, you have Evans, who's just sitting there waiting right now. She's just being a bodyguard for Tasha Steeles. But when she turns and she, like, runs rampant all over Tasha Steeles, it's going to happen. It's going to be fire, right? You have Jessica Havoc, who's just chilling out in the, in the wings, too. Like, they're running this tag matches right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Billy Kay and, and Peyton, we know that those Cassie and uh, – Cassie and I can never remember her her real her shoot name, but Cassie Lee is just getting on is also a person who can go by herself, right? We've seen her do that. Uh, then you're looking at we're, let's talk more. We have Lady Frost who is just like we know her from the independent scene, but watching her work on Impact now has been like wildly amazing. And then you get to bring in other talent, right? We could talk about Willow is not officially on the Impact roster knockout list, but she is there, right? <clears throat> Not to mention that Taya Valkyrie is now returned, right? And she's back in Impact. So, like, you have all these great women who are just, like, loaded up, and the talent is matching uh, what your future talents are looking at, right? So those are my hits, and then, you know, I'm going to wait because I know how this WWE one's going to go, and I would be like, all right. But here's my answers for all those people on this side as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. That was my first argument was – was when you look at the roster, right? There's a, only a select few that I that I think you can give valid argument that matches up to a Charlotte Flair, like the four horsewomen alone. I think there it, there's not you can't really you know you, they're not there's not really much on, on on the Impact roster and really on any roster period that you know. That holds up to Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte. As much as we, you know, we give Charlotte, you know, all the flack and hate that we want. Shout out to uh, JJ. I know he's writing that paper. <laughs> um, and I know he's, I know he's listening. So like, no one compares. No one compares them for. And if you want to look at that, if you want to keep going, uh, Natalia, Natty is over there. Natty, even you know, going back to NXT, she still puts on fire matches. Like if Natty, if, if you if you give Nat if Natty if you give Natty time, Natty puts on bangers. And I think and I, if a lot of people have not noticed that when Nat when Natty has time, and they give her the respect that she is owed, <laughs> Natty can put on banger matches. So Natalia, uh, Shayna Baszler is another one. You got Oscar, like that that alone you can't none none of the women and you can like I said you can give argument for a couple. None of them like and that's just seven. I think I just named seven off jump. Just don't compare. Like they just don't hold up to the star power and and the and the work rate of those women. See, okay, so like the argument wise, right? Like with the four horsemen women, women, right? I could definitely understand where you're coming from, but I feel like Diana Prasso because she didn't get a fair shake at NXT. Lines to be fair, right? But she came back into the indie scene, went to Impact, and look at all the things that she's been able to do in that women's division. She's, like, elevating the game up. And then you're seeing people, like, you still have people like Madison Ring that is, like, still, like, the staple of, like, women's wrestling over there. She's still 
kind of like the benchmark, right? You also have like Alicia Edwards. That's kind of like that up and comer. Well, I mean, she's been around for a while, but she's kind of like always floating around, kind of like a kind of like a Candice LeRae, right? I feel like that's something that we could talk about. But then you look at someone like Chelsea Green, right? There's another woman and Tasha Steeles, and you can build a women's division around people like Diana Prasso, Jordan Grace. You can do it with Chelsea Green. You can do it with, um, you know, Mickey James as well, right? Because all four of those women are still going to go, and those are all big names. Those are still names I'm just throwing out. I know that WWE has, like, their four horsewomen, but also have, like, their sub-four horsewomen, right? And those are people like Rhea, Bianca Belair. You're looking at people yeah. like Carmella. You're looking at people like mm-hmm. – and I, I get that, right? Like, those are eight – those are eight solid women, and we haven't even touched NXT yet. Where like exactly, I, I was I was, go, I was just about to go. So to say, I haven't even touched NXT and what they got down there, and they got solid right. women down there. And that's why I, so, I can. I, that's why I was like, I got to go with the E. But for me, like, I'll just take the argument for Impact. But and I also I, mean, I look at it like this, but also this the storylines. I think the E does a better job with the women's storylines. I don't. I, I think I, that I one. Think that one. I will fight tooth and nail for. I, I. I. Listen. Some of the stories with the women, and not all. I'm not gonna say not all. Uh, I want to make sure I. Say, uh, I make sure I say not all because some of the stuff that uh, the story with the women are fleshed out, and you know, they make sense. But some of them are. They fall flat, and they're just. Eh. And I think a lot of people get 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 you know, they get misconstructed with just the fact that you know the women have tag titles. You know, they have all these different belts for the women because even the digital media championship is also, you know, a open weight, I guess it's an open gender. I don't, yeah. know, what's the, I don't know what the, I don't know the, right, the correct political term do you want me to say because I, I don't want to say nothing wrong. But, you know, the woman can hold that belt as well. <laughs> Same thing with the, you know, with, with the world title, but mainly the digital media. So I think we, they equate with, oh, they have, you know, more belts for women that equates to them having, you know, a better uh, women's division because they had it first and of course WWE did it with theirs but we all know <laughs> still even with WWE's women's title it's trash but they still have a better division <laughs> and that's but see, just, okay so but the aspect of you saying that WWE has better storylines than I, yeah I just, I, go ahead I can't I can't agree with that statement though so like I think I think WWE has a more loaded roster I, but, I, and they can put on banger matches but I think the storylines, because listen, Sue Young had this whole storyline, never revolved around the title, was talking about how she was like going to adopt somebody into Sue Young's like crazy world, right? And that was a storyline all on its own. And then, of course, you had Jordan Grace, like as she was like holding the title, when she dropped the title, right? She had another, she had another feud with another woman that they were talking about, like, you know, being the best woman in the division while... Diana Prasso was still running with the ta- with the with her title, and then you had the tag division going on with Inspiration and the K or the Influence, right? So you had those matches going on. Not to mention that the stuff that was going on with uh, when when Tasha Steeles turned on Kara Hogan, like there was that match. There was all these cool storylines that were happening all at once. But in WWE, it's like, hey, we are friends. Oh, we are now enemies. Oh, we were enemies, but we are now friends. Oh, we were fighting for that title. And that's really kind of like the storylines that you get. Because look, look, look right now, right? Rhea Ripley is going to have a feud with Liv Morgan, right? Because they couldn't win the tag titles, right? But if you, where is Zia Lee, right? 
she was running this whole storyline where she was supposed to be the great protector, right? And then they, two weeks into her debut, they just washed her out. Like that was the thing that just happened. They didn't wash then, her. She was on the she was on the live events. I and saw then she her. was I saw yeah, live. the live events, sweet. And then she came out with her she came out with her promo where she was like, "I was the great protector," but then I realized no one no one was deserving of my protection, so I decided to protect myself. Like, all right, well now she's a heel because she wasn't getting over. But she was like, if you would have given her a fair shot, she was. She was getting over. Yeah, and that's where I was like, yo, but we're 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 messing up these storylines where like, like Natalia all of a sudden like they don't win at WrestleMania, so then she just leaves and goes to NXT, and now she's running this whole storyline with Cora Jade about what? About her hat? Like, come on, man! Like, (laughs) you just mad? You mad at her, right? Uh. I will be honest, though, what they're doing with Roxanne Perez, I 100% love because they're like, hey, which, by the way, question for you, side, sidebar, that part of the conversation. Uh, Roxanne Perez, is that, our, is that our version of AJ Lee? Because she's a gamer. She's wearing flannel, <laughs> right? She's mm-hmm. also, coincidentally, also looks like she's, they're giving her wrestling boots, but they kind of look more like high tops. Like, you know what I mean? Like, WWE is going to be out there. But nonetheless, I just think that <laughs> right, impact, right, yeah. impact stories, right, are better told than WWE's. Period. Uh, I don't. Nothing. I mean, I I will agree that some of the stories you named, yes, are good. I'm not like I said, not all of them are like that. But I just still, I think the the Bianca and Sasha, nothing like that. That whole few of feud in that story. I think boom, nothing tops that. Uh, what's called Becky, but the 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 long term Becky and Ronda because we know that's gonna happen soon. It's gonna happen, uh, but the Becky and Ronda, and you know we can add, you know we can put Charlotte in there too. I think that in itself, there's nothing uh, comes close to that. Uh, the uh, what's it called the rain um, Oscar had in. Uh, the story of Oscar and NXT. I just think there's they're fleshed out. Like yeah, the, but it's you have funny. Your, you have your misses and you have your you know you have your sometimes you shoot you miss sometimes you make them. But I think more times than not the E has better stories with their women. I just think Impact knows how to cycle through their women, and I don't want to say it like that. It sounds very messed up. But they just know how to get like they if you're not like if Jordan Grace is not doing anything with the digital title. She's going after somebody else who thinks that they're like the best women, right? Diana Prasso just got done wrestling with Taya Valkyrie over la, the AAA title, but nonetheless, like there's that title that was being pushed out, right? Uh, then you get to see matches where like Lady Frost is trying to compete to be like the number one contender, right? Or you have, uh, and these are all things that are happening currently: the return of Inspiration to battle uh, Rosemary and and Havoc, or you know they get to wrestle with the influence. Like they, I feel like. Impact is like, hey, so we're going to tell this story. Then, you know, when Sue Young decides to return, uh, they're going to tell, like, another story with Sue Young kind of, like, coming back and being, you know, Sue Young. I just I just think that Impact knows that, hey, man, we have, like, four stories that we're going to play with these 8 to 12 women, and we're going to run this story across. And I think WWE is like, okay, Ronda and Charlotte's story. What are we going to talk about? Oh, the title. Oh, yeah, the title. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Good. Uh, Bianca, 
what's what's who is she working with? Oh, Becky Backlash, bet the title, right? Uh, who's who's uh, what's our tag title situation look like? Which fades off every once in a while, right? And it's just those six stories. Like I love the thing that they're doing with Lacey, right? Lacey Evans, where they're like they're doing the promos. Is she gonna turn into the same? Is she gonna be a uh, Veer? Like we're just not gonna see her for like six months first. Like when does she come back? And what's the story that you have planned for her? Because it's not. It shouldn't be for the title. But guess what? They might put her right off the jump. Oh, we're gonna have you yeah. battle Bianca Belair for the title. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's not around the title, WWE doesn't know what to do with them. They just don't, and that's an unfortunate thing. Like I would love to see a title about. Well. You may be the champ, but you're not the best woman. And then Lacey comes up with like, oh, I'll challenge you to see who's the best woman. And then you just like run this like crazy series, right? It's just, I just, I don't know, man. Like long term term booking about, you know, Becky and Char- uh, uh, Rhonda, I agree. That's a fun story. But then they, they drop it for like three months and four months. And then randomly, like Becky will make like that. Oh, and I'm the type that lives inside of her. Dumb brain, <laughs> like, and, yeah. then goes off. and then we don't hear about it. His head rent free. <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll spin that plate just one second, and then we'll just drop it, and we'll just go about our business. <laughs> I just think Impact does a better job of juggling all the plates and making sure all <laughs> the women are talked about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I forgot my last point, but <laughs> I had another point, but I, I forgot it. But uh, I'm going with it. Uh, I'm still, yeah. I, I got the E. <laughs> I talk e. a lot. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm going to beat my point in. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot my last. I had a, I had three points. I forgot what it was, but whatever. Master debater on. right here. <laughs> <laughs> let's, move on to, let's move on to the Red Dog Power Rankings. <laughs> so it is the Red Dog Power Rankings. We're going to talk about Easter because, you know, we didn't have a show. We never show for Easter. We want to talk about our top 10 matches, right? So let's move in. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, over the Gun Club. That was number 10. Okay. Uh, number nine. I actually like this match a lot. And I'm sure if I remind you, Chaz, you're going to like it too. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Solo Sokoa on NXT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Such my, a uh, fun match. Yes. <laughs> uh, number eight. We do have Jonathan Gresham versus Rocky Romero on Impact. That was fire, 100%. Uh, we're gonna move into number seven with Alex Shelley versus Steve Macklin on Impact. I thought that was a great. We got to move into number six with Riddle versus Jimmy Uso on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But yep. we got to move into our number five match, which would have been the Usos versus the Street Profits because that match on Raw was hot. Yeah, I heard it was hot. I watched it after the fact because you know I don't watch Raw. <laughs> So I only, 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 only watch for uh, what you call it for Cody, and after Cody, <laughs> I don't watch it. So number four was Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite. Like I don't care about the stuff that happened after that match. I care about that match in particular. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, this is CM Punk versus Penta Oscura, uh on Dynamite. That was oh. fire. So good. What a way That's to open the show. Fire. Fire. That's what how you open. Fire. Blow it up. <laughs> if we could talk about number two, uh yeah, Cody Rhodes versus the Miz on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> number two. But number one was 
Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole in that Texas death match on Rampage. Because mm-hmm. that was hard hitting. Uh, you know what's weird though, man? Is that like, like the match, like the match was good, right? And I really enjoyed it. Not as much blood as I thought it was going to be for like a Texas, Texas death match, right? Like uh-huh. when Lance Archer versus, I felt like more action happened with uh, Archer and Page. I was like, was, I love that. Match. I mean, yeah. I, Eh, not my style. <laughs> so, I, 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 I hit. A, I didn't really. I didn't really. I didn't hate the match. I didn't like the match. You know, I just right. It was. It was, it was good. It was just yeah, kind of it's like not my, it's, it's, just, it's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. Is it, it drew me in a lot. Uh, Cody and Miz drew me in a lot too. But I was like, I just kind of liked that aspect of like the Texas Death up Texas Death match, and uh, I was I was cool with it. Uh, so. As I mentioned, my honorable mention from this week, right, was Blackpool Combat Club versus uh, Brock Anderson, um, Lee Moriarty, and uh, who's uh, Dante Martin. So, yeah, fun match. Loved it a lot. I love the fact that they gave those guys a lot to do in the match. But I was like, compared to all these other matches, let's get into number 10. It was Darby Allen versus uh, Andrade El Iralo, you know, the buried live match. Uh, Dynamite is how we start with number 10. I didn't watch it. <laughs> but we're going to move into number nine, where it was RK Bros. <laughs> I turned on basketball. <laughs> it was with number nine. It was RK Bros versus the Street Profits on Raw. Mm-hmm. I was like, I so much fun with this match. Uh, number eight. This is a match that I know a lot of people haven't seen yet. But if you get the chance to see it, go watch it. It's definitely important. Uh, it was Miles Millennium versus Bo Keller at 1CW. And this happened last night, by the oh, way. I said that happened last night. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good match. And I was like, it definitely ranks up here <laughs> on this week. Uh, by the way, it's the first time that he's been on our, uh, on our list. And uh, one of our guys who's been on the show. So going to number seven, it was Carmelo Hayes versus Santos Escobar on NXT 2.0. I was like, hey, just like Carmelo says, uh, that man don't miss. <laughs> like that match is fire. We're gonna go to number six. It was Riddle over Jay Uso on SmackDown. Such a such fun to watch. Uh, number five. This is a match that uh, this has to be the benchmark match for the week. Uh, Taya Valkyrie versus Diana Perrazzo on uh, Rebellion was such a fun match to watch. So if you guys didn't get a chance to check it out, go check it out. It's very important. It was really really good. Uh, we're gonna move into number four. Where it was. Adam Cole, Bay Bay versus Bay Bay versus Ishii on Rampage. That match was so so much fun to watch. We're going into number number three. It was CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes uh, on Dynamite. Just can't can't beat good storytelling. Not even a lot of flips. They were just killing it. We're gonna move into number two. Uh, if you guys did not see this match, I really – I'm going to just look at the microphone and say, I really need you to watch this match. It <laughs> was Bullet Club versus Honor No More on Impact. Uh, I am not one for multi-man matches, but that is a dream match right there. Dudes from ROH versus the Bullet Club, yeah, I would take that all day. And number one, this match comes to us from Rebellion. I make it no secret. He is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. So, of course, he's going to be on this top list. Josh Alexander over Moose. That's right. I'm just going to say it again. Over Moose 
this match was just fun to watch and it was great storytelling and and you know it just attributes to the, the way that they perform so love it yeah okay i mean i just i just personally enjoyed the best trios match the best but nah facts all, all the matches said were fire so yeah <laughs> that's like that's the that's the yeah, problem I can't, man i can't I can't fault you. I can't fault you. I can't fault you. There was a lot of good, good shit this week. Um, <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. So uh, for those who have made it to the end of this show, you get an achievement for my Xbox people. You uh, get a trophy for my PlayStation. You know, gotta you know include everybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you have not already done so, make sure you uh, hit those follow buttons on our social medias right there at the bottom of the screen. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you uh, are listening to our audio version on our podcast platform on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us that five star frog splash review. All right, give us a like on Spotify. Share with all your friends. If you know somebody that likes wrestling, if they like anything involving wrestling, okay, send them send send them an episode. Okay, send them now entering the ring. If you know a wrestler, okay, if you know a wrestler, send him now entering the ring, and actually tell him to hit up us, and he can be on the show. We interview him. So, uh, yeah, so definitely that. Make sure you send our stuff. Uh, buy a shirt, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash three count pod. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, Cliff. Is that everything? Any, you got any announcements? No, I mean, just you know, look out for us because we're popping up all yeah. over the place. We, I mean, we're everywhere. We're, 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 I mean, we sponsor shows. Okay. Yeah. Hello. So if you want uh, us to sponsor your wrestling show, email him because he, him. He does everything. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't do, I don't do nothing. He runs it all. Okay. Uh, but just I'm just the figurehead for taxes because we can be a black-owned business. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'm here with the Red Dog, the Red Dogs, Clifford, the Red Dog Miller. I'm the Hoods Batman, the Don, Chaz Evans, and uh, thank you for checking out the Three Count Podcast Debate Show. Make sure you're there next week for another awesome episode of the debate show be there or be just be just be here okay you know 5 30 6 o'clock that's usually when we start okay just be there all right yeah okay. and help us body slam autism exactly autism acceptance uh outbreak this week if you're in the hamburg area i'm there hope to see all you people there shout out outbreak all right pure ignorance stepping in the building yeah okay and also just buy a shirt <laughs> buy a shirt What's up, guys? It's Magic Mike Windorf, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And by now, because I've asked you guys to do this like numerous, numerous times, you would call me your Sherpa, but like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficient than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right next to me. You can find this person at ARW, Dynamite Wrestling Alliance, and Lucha Libre Total. He is one part of TCC. That's right, the casting couch. Right here, he's with us, the Magic Mike Wendorf. What's up? What's up? What's I'm up, man? Stoked, like, how man. are you doing? Pretty good. Just enjoying myself. You know, got a beer. Just kicking it back today. 
<laughs> I feel you. I feel you. It's, you know, full transparency for those who are wondering. It's Good Friday, and it's a good Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good Friday. <laughs> had my had my fish and have my beer. <laughs> hey, there we go. So, yo, one man, thank you for coming on the show. No problem. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, like, I saw TCC, and I saw it was the casting couch, and I was like, how does people get away with this? <laughs> it is the craziest story how we became about that, but it's it's definitely it's something that is really good for all of us. I feel. <laughs> no, I like it a lot though. It's funny because I'm like, yeah, anybody who knows anything about that, they they know where you can find that. <laughs> you know. It. But uh, yo, for the people who don't know who you are, who is Magic Mike Wendorf? So I am a magician, actually, outside of the ring. I do magic and comedy. And uh, I started wrestling, actually, back in, I would say, 2013, 2014 for a company called CSW, Chicago Style Wrestling. So I worked with them for a bit. And uh, I ended up leaving at around maybe November of 2015 due to an injury. Hmm. And uh, it was a very short like beginning. It was very like, hey, you're here. And then... I just stopped for several years and now it's pretty interesting because about last year in November of all times, <laughs> I, uh, I came back and it's very interesting to try and relearn everything and try to understand and create what Magic Mike wasn't in the first run, I guess. So it's kind of reinventing yourself to be a better version of you uh, and it's, having a lot of time away makes you think of what can you do better. Uh, I think with this amazing world of wrestling, you know, everybody wants to be technical. And right now I feel like my go-to is to just, what what would a magician look like in the ring? Like, what would that be? How can you take this and move it forward to be entertaining like a Dan Housen where it's like, you can be technical if you wanted to, but it's more of like a, okay, let's get a little bit kind of weird in here, you know? (laughs) Yes, I I understand that because like when it comes to like and it's funny because like I've talked about this a couple times like on the show and it's it's cool to always get somebody else's perspective. But when you go to any kind of locker room, right? Like you see like those six characters really are just there, right? So you just have like the one that does like magic, or they have something like they they cast spells, right? Like that's always like a sorcerer. Um, you have like the mercenary type, right? And then you have like the the underdog. And then, like, the big baddie, and then you'll have, like, uh, the, like, uh, what's another one I was thinking of? Uh, like, the brawler type, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, the technical dude. So there's always, like, these six characters that are always around. And it's funny how you've talked about, like, how would a, a magician move in a ring and how this happened, how that happened. Because, like, for me, I my character is more like a mercenary, just kind of like, I'm just going to, like, go in there. But how I changed it was, instead of being on the serious, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm stoic and I'm this dude. I took it on the comedy side. All right. The other way with it. So like, I acknowledge like the, I acknowledge the fans. I acknowledge there's a fourth wall. Like I talk to the camera, you know, someone similar to like a Deadpool type. And I think it's very funny. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you, how do you pull your magician differently from like, I don't know. Cause I, cause it's only cause like, you're not the first magic mic I've had on the show. All right, <laughs> magic, magic, Mike madness. If you guys know, you guys can check his episode out. But to see, like, how would you, how do you pull your different, your magician differently from somebody else? So 
it's, it's very interesting because I look back at, uh, originally I wanted to do a, let's go back to CSW when I first started. Originally I wanted it to be like this kind of just basic character called like Crash or something with a K. And everybody's like, okay, well, what are you, what are you trying to portray in there? And I was like, well, I just wanted to kind of like be this rocker vibe. And he's like, dude, everybody wants to be the rocker vibe. Don't do it. So I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, well, you do the magic stuff. And I think there's a, uh, at the we didn't actually have a name for me until the first show we did the first show and everybody goes so what's your name and i was like i don't have a name yet they're like dude go at his magic mic all right cool so we did it for one show the crowd popped and we were like this is sticking now it's come to the point where you know i've been doing magic since i was in the first grade so the magic aspect is very strong for me so it's an idea of how can i take performance in that level because, like, for instance, magicians are very weird. Like, obviously, we don't like people behind us. <laughs> Yet, when you're in a ring, you're surrounded. So, it's like, how do you create magic in a ring? Because I don't want to be to the gimmicky aspect where, like, I've seen people do the spell stuff. I don't want it too gimmicky of that. I want it to where even the wrestler across from me kind of has, like, this genuine reaction to me. Like, if I was to do some kind of magic, they'd still be like, Rather than just like, hey, you know, you're in on it or like have the crowd like, like, hey, let's do something with the front row to where they're like completely in, like captivated from that moment. So even then, when the match is over, they're like, he did magic. He did this in the ring. And they just don't know. Like, there's so much that they don't know what to talk about. So but it's something that's memorable as well, too. Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it. And it, it goes back to like wrestling just being like about moments, too. Like you want. If the crowd, because I know, like, there's some people who still don't even know, like, my name as, like, as my character, which I don't know if you guys can see. It's right there. Uh, but <laughs> I had one kid come up to me. He's like, Dad, can we go talk to the guy that's like, pew, 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 because as much fun as wrestling is, I have a spot where, like, I do, like, a gun spot. Mm-hmm. And, like, depending on where I'm at, like, it's either I will shoot the person in the shoulders or I will just punch them in the shoulders. But it gives the gun effect. And, like. This one kid didn't even know who my who I was, and so he was just like, "Yeah, the guy that does like the pew pew sounds," and I was like, "Appreciate." That. <laughs> I mean, it's, the thing is that is you have that within your gimmick, and that's something that's part of you. So it's like it's not too bad to be like not knowing the name because they're gonna recognize you from that. Yeah, which is like I feel like that's what kind of people miss is they they miss either they get the name right and everybody's like like pop over that. Or it's something they specifically do in the ring that just is like iconic. Like, you know, every time you go to a wrestling show, I guarantee you there's somebody always doing the, the Shawn Michaels flex. Or like even the like the like if you play Batista's music, everybody's gonna do the machine gun thing. So it's like you know those yeah. little those little things. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Uh yo, man, so I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you get into the sport? Wrestling as a whole? Yeah. So uh, I was in a rock band called For Our Last Hopes back when I was in college. And we kind of like sounded like a little bit of like Kill Switch mixed with SLA Dying, if you're into like metal. Yep. But uh, one of the guys that was the front man, he's like, hey, uh, you know, we always talked about, you know, wrestling and stuff. You know, when you're a kid, you're always, you know, joking around in a pool or someone's backyard. And he's like, there's this school on the west side of Chicago. If you got like a couple bucks we can go one day and uh, train. And I was like, you know what? 
let's try it out. And I get there. They just said, keep an open mind, you know, just try not to like think and absorb too much. Cause you're going to like over do your mind a bit. <laughs> the first one, uh, I remember I nearly concussed myself from not protecting myself. I didn't tuck. And I remember coming home and I was like, can you give me like ibuprofen 800? Like I need to just zonk out for a couple hours. And originally I looked at it like, this is the funny thing. I looked at him and I was like, I don't think we, you should go back. That was kind of rough. And we went back and it was just, it became so addicting where it was like, you know, this is, this is part of you now. I remember like, the first bump that I ever took right in a ring. And I just remember being like, just kind of looking around, like what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, like you said, you just like, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> it's, it's just so like, weird. Like you're like, this hurts. But like, I mean, once you get used to it, I think it's that first one that like gets you where it's like, <laughs> but um, no, it's, and the one thing that sucked too is where I trained at, uh, Windy, uh, it used to be the old Windy City Pro Wrestling Ring, mm. which someone said was like the uh, World Championship Wrestling Ring, where it was just very, very stiff. Like there wasn't any like good wood on it. So you just kind of stuck when you hit it. And you're like, <laughs> every time you hit, like the, just the air just leaves. And it's Pretty just much. like, yeah, we're not coming back. <laughs> like so I'm curious, man, sucked. from, say again. I said, when you did hip tosses on that thing, it sucked. <laughs> I could, I could imagine. You know what's crazy though is like I remember my trainer telling me he's like, dude, like you're gonna be in a lot of different rings, a lot of different rings bump differently, mm-hmm. and they're gonna the ropes are gonna feel different. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I went to my first show that I debuted in, and the ring felt similar to the ring that I had been training in. So I was like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And he's like, go ahead, hit the ropes, and there were actual ropes, okay. not like steel cables. And so when I hit him for the first time, I was like, oh, that does feel different. And then I remember going into somebody else's ring and like bumping and they didn't like, it, it just felt like I hit a boxing ring. Like I hit the ground. I was like, no, nope, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it's like, this is what he meant. This is what he meant. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious though, like what's been the worst bump that you've taken? It was honestly my first match. Um, it was one. Th- so we were in a tag match and the finish was, uh my partner gets thrown out and i just get completely get pummeled and they pick me up for a powerbomb uh, rko which is funny when you're like new in wrestling because you don't have the smarts to go yeah we're not doing that you're just kind of like sure well let's do whatever <laughs> so we so i get up for the powerbomb and they go to go when, as i'm coming down they do the rko <laughs> the guy grabs the, my forehead pulls back, falls kind of away from me. So now my head's just kind of tucked back. So his bicep's not protecting me. Mm-hmm. And I just took like a 10 foot like drop to the back of my head. Oh no. And you you saw like everybody behind the curtain go, oh. <laughs> and I remember my tag partner comes in there. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, you need to help me back there. Cause there's, I'm, I'm, I'm spinning. I'm seeing Tweety Bird over here. <laughs> Bet, bet. Uh, all right, so then going from like your worst bump, let's talk about what's the hard. Who's who's either hit? You don't have to give names. I guess we'll just say what's the hardest you've been hit. The hardest I've been hit. I think it might have been uh, 
wow, when was it? It's weird because there's like the training stuff where, you know, there's times where I've not paid attention during training and you've just been completely like jaw jacked and you're like just duh looking at people. And then there's, I think in a match, um, I think it was, it wasn't a Samoan drop, but it was pretty much something to the effect of it. I didn't breathe out. It's the one where you're in a Samoan, like you have in a fireman's carry and they roll forward onto you. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like breathe out during it. So it was just like straight, like getting jacked in the gut by like a 300 pound dude. Yeah. Which doesn't, like it's always this, it, that's the thing I've always re- like realized in wrestling. It's never like the moves that look like it's always the dumbest little stuff that gets you. It's never like, oh, hey, like this big move is going to hurt. The big stuff looks nice. It's always the little thing where it's like a little, and you're like, oh. <laughs> I, yes, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> so, listen, man, like, I know, like, some people get, uh, they go to their post shows, and they kind of, they have their match, right? Yeah, but the, you always get, like, that thing that you always need. So, I'm kind of curious, man, what's your post-match snack or post-match meal? Post-match meal. Uh, so, this is funny. I always tell people this. So, the day of shows, I usually never eat. It's always something very light. Like, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to eat, like, a quarter of a Jimmy John sandwich. And then I'll save, like, the rest for after the match. But every time I get off of the, uh, every time I get off the, the ring and I go backstage, it's always, it's got to be a blue Gatorade. And depending on what venue we're at, it's going to either be, if we're doing the Lucha shows, because we're in, like, we're in Berwyn, and there's, like, a lot of taco spots over there, we'll get tacos. Or we'll get like some basic like burger of some sort. So whatever the venue usually has, I'm just kind of like, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, but always, I always grab myself a blue Gatorade for always after. That you know what? I might have to. I might have to implement that myself. I you know me personally, like pregame, like I always have like gummy bears like around because they always like make me feel like amazing like before, and it helps control my anxiety too. Okay. But then post match, I'm kind of like whatever I can get my hands on, like that's going right. to be a thing. But I think I got to implement like that one thing. Like maybe I'm going to start bringing in like that glacier ice gatorade. I kind of, I like that idea. And I'm really going to try to implement that going forward. Because <laughs> I'm like, usually like everybody sits there and after a match, like let's grab a beer. Let's grab, you know, something basic. And I'm like, I just want, just when I get back there, I'm cracking open my backpack. There's a blue Gatorade right there. It's going to be gone in like two seconds, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I guess going from the post-match snack, man, I'm just kind of very curious. Like, what's been one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn since you've been in the business? It's. I don't think it's like a, a, a hard lesson. It's just one of those moments of realization. And I think I kind of said it in the beginning was um, you don't have to be crazy technical. I feel like when you're training, you know, you're, you're learning the ins and outs of the business. You're learning how to move in there and to make everything look very fluid and look nice, you know, and snug. And I feel the issue is people don't understand that the audience isn't going to care about those little things. Sometimes you don't have to go over the top with chains and over the top with certain things. You can just get over very nicely as long as you tell the story the correct way and you get the crowd behind you, they're going to remember that more than anything. I feel I, like that's, that's the main, I feel like there's so many people, like, especially like a, a bunch of new guys 
um, you know, they're like, I want to do a flip. I want to do this. And it's like, really, in all honesty, like two weeks from now, is anybody going to remember that flip? Or are they going to remember who you were and how you won? And, you know, did you win? Like, were you a super heel about it? Like, did you lose, like win by putting your foot on the rope? That's the kind of thing they're going to remember. It's not going to be the whole like, oh, I did a 450 splash. And like, they'll get that would get forgotten. I like that though, because it it's something else that my my trainers also told me. Like he had to break it down to me because one day, because you know, like I I'm being former military, like I have a whole bunch of like I want to make sure everything looks good and is in, in in order and stuff. And I got upset, and he just like, dude, he's like, it's it's not if you mess up, it's when you mess up. Mm-hmm. He's like, so when you mess up, just let it go and just have fun. And he's like, just stop worrying about the small stuff. And I think that's. It's such a good point that like everybody wants to like make sure everything looks so smooth and fluid. It it's supposed to resemble a fight, and sometimes fights aren't pretty. <laughs> like yeah. it just gets broken down for no reason. So just like, just go with it. That's another thing about the lessons too is that uh, I think I heard Al Snow mention this a lot too. People forget there's an audience. Take a moment, you know. If you're sitting there, you're working somebody to just look at them and just soak that moment in because everybody's going through motions. And like you said, you forget it's a fight. You're like, we get so into we're going to do this, this, this. Your work, you're too worried up here about what the next thing is and not enough about I'm making it look like I'm kicking his ass. Like that's what it's supposed to be. Not okay, I know I have this coming up. I know I have this coming up. That's what the whole walking and talking is. And I feel like too many people just want to get, when you're backstage, too many people are like, I'm going to do this at this second, this at this second. So I feel like that's a big thing is just being in the moment with it. Yeah, and I feel like I see that a lot too, where a bunch of guys will be like trying to call their match like step by step. And it's like, Somebody, somebody, uh, I forget. We've had a few different people say it on the show too. Like, you, know, what happens if the crowd is just not feeling what you're putting down? Yeah. Then what do you do? You know, you got to be able to like let things breathe, feel the crowd, and if the crowd's really into it, then cool, keep going. If they're not, then you know you got to change something up. You know, and I, I think about that too a lot because like me being older, I mean, I'm getting ready to turn 37. Hi guys, I know totally. Um, <laughs> But it's like I have to do it myself. Like I just let myself remember, like, hey, if the crowd is not really popping for this one thing, then we got to move. We got to change it to something else that the crowd starts to react and get back into into the match. Because you don't want to bore them with like a bunch of stuff. And you already kind of said it. Like the crowd really doesn't like they're gonna remember like the beginning part mm-hmm. and they're gonna remember the ending. Everything that kind of happened in the middle, they might remember, right? You might make a cool gif out of it or something. But for the most part, the crowd's gonna remember either. The beginning or the end and you want to establish that and then have that be like the like you want the ending to be the button and they won't be like they go home they're like oh yeah remember last time um you know last time red dog was here he got he got low blowed and he got power bombed and then they the guy pulled his tights and got to win like that's the kind of stuff you want you don't care they don't listen i stop like i'm gonna get a lot i'm gonna get a lot of heat for this uh <laughs> but i stopped caring about guys who could do 450 splashes when I was able to do it. <laughs> so it's like, a, that's kind of it. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's one of those things where it's just, I, wa- I want, like, as, 
you just have to create the moment where people are going to just go and it sticks. Yep. Facts. So I'm kind of curious, man, what, about, what kind of advice would you have for like up and coming wrestlers? Um, I think I had a conversation about this the other day too. Uh, pretty much try and listen to the vets as much as you can. Uh, I know that, you know, sometimes when you're new in a locker room, you know, you feel that it's kind of, it's intimidating. You feel like people are looking down on you. You're getting critiqued very hard. Uh, there's times where you're going to look at your own stuff. And you're going to be like, that wasn't it. And it's just be able to like, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, majority of the guys, you know, they'll sit there and they'll, you know, walk you through things, you know, Hey, you know, my, I'm not comfortable about my shine or Hey, like I just, I'm not getting the heat that I want. You know, I'm not getting the, the big, like F you off of it. Like, yeah, like I want to, it's like, or there's just certain little things that it's, you can ask people about, you know, it's not that bad. Um, Cause I know people sit there and they're like, I don't know, like it's intimidating at times. And it's like, don't worry about it. You know, listen to the vets. You know, I know there's certain ways that they like, they've, you know, I've mentioned that wrestling from when I started, even the 2013 uh, till now seems kind of different. I feel like currently there's this new style wrestler that's like when I was working, I remember it was, you get there early, you set up the ring, you, you know, you get in there, you kind of work on what do you want to do for the day? You go backstage, get dressed, do your match. Then you wait around, tear down the ring and that's it. Now it's kind of like these guys show up, they do their stuff and they leave. And it's like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't shown that way. So, I mean, but that's one of those things where you kind of earn the respect that way too. But definitely listen to the vets as much as you can and never be afraid to ask questions, I'd say. Yeah, I like that a lot. The, I think the one, and then there's a kind of a, kind of a, I, I've been, I've been kind of like on both sides of this, like this coin, right? Like I understand like staying and helping and whenever I can do that, I definitely do want to yeah, stay in different you areas. Can. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so recently, right. And uh, I was, I was on a four-hour trip from Baltimore to our destination, right? And we go there, we're in our match, we have fun, we do our thing, right? And I'm a passenger in this car. And I was kind of in two ways, right? One, I kind of wanted to stay and finish watching the show, but I also knew that meant I was going to be getting home at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then two, I was like, I could leave with my friends right now and go home and be home at like, 1 a.m. get some sleep and get up and be okay for like training in the morning it's mm-hmm. kind of in a double edge and i was like uh, you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and just take off now so i got went around met with some of the promoters went and said goodbye to the promoters and stuff like that you know left my envelope and then you know bounce and i couldn't help but on the whole drive back i was like i feel really bad but i also knew it was a four-hour drive, and I didn't want to be driving at, like, 11 o'clock at night. The, the one thing that I'm very big about, too, and this is just me, and I know a lot of people kind of think the same way, too, is the way, the way how you handle it was great because you went to the promoter and you said, hey, like, you talked to the promoter, and it's one of those very understanding, hey, we got to drive ahead of us. There's, like, people that just kind of, like, where's my envelope? I'm out. And it's, like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> You know, at least if you're back, like if you're backstage, you know, hey, what's up? I got a dip. You know, this is happening today. You know, say bye to the promoter, you know, shake a couple of hands on the way out of like, hey, you know, great show. Thanks, guys. And then dip out. 
but I feel like it's just the little the little respect things that everybody needs to hone, which everybody usually does pretty good. It's right. always just new guys that it's like, hey, you should uh, just go around the locker room and shake everybody's hand just as a nice thing to do, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel that one. So, listen, man, I know you've been around for a while. You've probably been in and out of some rings, some locker rooms. So I just got to know, though, I need one do and one don't of the locker room. One do and one don't. Uh, well, obviously, like I said, uh, shake everybody's hand. Uh, bring deodorant. <laughs> yes. Because there's times where you're in there and you're like, come on, who's the asshole that didn't, <laughs> who's the asshole that didn't shower on the way here, man? Like, and it's like some of these locker rooms aren't locker rooms. They're just very tight back rooms of places where it's just like you're all packed in there and it's like, don't be that guy. Just put on deodorant or something. <laughs> Facts. But um, I don't. Let's see. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you shouldn't do. <laughs> don't. Okay, so. Um, ma- okay, let's do this. Match-wise, make sure everybody's on the same page, because this is something I noticed lately. Make sure everybody's on the same page. You try and make sure that the moves that you're doing in your match aren't moves that somebody else is doing later on in the show. So if there's somebody that's like upper on the card make sure hey you're not doing a like a this finish or you're not doing this specific move right because the worst thing ever is to watch a move done in like match two and then at the end of the show see the same thing and it's like okay or having it done every other match um i'm still trying to figure out a don't it's one of those things where i'm going to be in the locker room and i'll be like that's a don't right there (laughs) but uh I would just pretty much say, like, don't talk over everybody. You know, always try and listen as much as you can. Um, Even, like, right now, there's people that are, like, I don't consider myself a vet. I don't consider myself anything like that. Even though I've been in the business for on and off since, like, 2013, I still kind of have this always absorb everything. And the biggest thing I would say is when – you're being put in a match. My biggest thing is to just say, hey, like, if you know, if you and I are going against each other, what do you want to do? You know, I don't try and like force anything, like, we're doing this. I'm going to do this. It's like, no, it's like, you know, what do you want to do? Do you have any ideas? Like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that a lot. I know for me, whenever I talk to people, I'm always like, listen, dude, I hit, I have three moves uh, a spine buster, a German suplex, and a northern light suplex. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's just pumps, punches, kicks, and a clothesline. That's it. simple. <laughs> yeah. And a pump handle driver, which is what I call it now. You know, legitimately, that, those are all my moves. That's it. I don't have to do anything else. I don't need anything super fa- fancy. <laughs> it works. That's how right. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is like, I know I've, 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 I've been in a locker room when people are all like, yeah, man, I'm going to do like 455. I'm like, dude. If you have not seen what the ring looks like, mm, it's probably not the best idea, bro. (laughs) Yo, all right. So those are all my heavy-hitting questions. But we do have to get into the second-best segment of this podcast. You're probably wondering what the first is. It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But, Mr. Mike, this is the three-count podcast, ten-count questions, and this is how it works. I'm going to fire off ten questions at you rapid-fast. Whatever's your answer, 
That's your answer. All right. So we're going to put on the imaginary tire for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Ooh, Smackdown. Favorite movie? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Favorite color? Green. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite submission? Ooh, uh, Boston Crab. Squats or deadlifts? Squats. Uh, favorite podcast? Podcast. Uh, your mom's house. I'm, my mom doesn't have a podcast, but I appreciate that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nominate one person that you will see on this podcast. Ooh, um, Adam Cage. Gotcha. And then last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person that comes on this show. Favorite curse word. It's gotta be fuck. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be like a great F bomb is all you need in life. I, I did I did a uh, comedy show. I was supposed to do a comedy show with McFoley and I ended up uh he had another opener. And in his show he does he's like this whole show we only get one F bomb. And he like lets it simmer the whole show and he like teases it. And it's funny because it's like he his comedy show feels like a wrestling match where he just kinda like Let's it kind of get in there a little bit. <laughs> nice. I know, because, like, for me, what I do is I talk about it every time on the show. Anytime anybody brings up the word fuck is their favorite. It's like, well, if you haven't seen the history of the F word on YouTube, it's the greatest two minutes and 39 seconds of, like, all time. It's, like, one all of my right. favorite things ever. So I've been trying to get this video, like, re-viral again, but I just need people to actually watch it because it's just, it's incredible. I'll definitely have to check that out. But, well, those are all my questions. So last but not least, Mike, can you let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you? So everything's actually under my real name, uh, Magic of Keelan. For some reason, I feel at some point because of Magic, uh, Magic Mike is just going to be the official nickname. So I'm probably going to end up wrestling in the next three years as Keelan Magic Mike Windorf. But for right now, because it's kind of over, I just keep it as Magic Mike. So everything is at Magic of K-E-E-L-A-N. Or if you do like YouTube, it's the Magic of Keelan Windorf, which has like a lot of my magic videos. And I try to throw some uh, wrestling in there too as well. Bet. There you go. He gave you all of his handles. You guys know how to find him. So like every good part to a wrestling match, we got to take this home because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And who's entering the ring today? You see him right there. Keelan, Magic, Mike Wendorf, and uh, you know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or... You just wait for this episode to end. You wait for that outro. And then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. 
Go to YouTube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So... Show us some support, please.